pages of internet see how they teach their children to treat their guests? My name is Matthew Kroll. It won't just be these clothes I burn, it'll be the world. I'm Princess Weeks. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And uh, everybody listening, Topam fam, it is my absolute and wondrous pleasure to introduce the woman who will be co-hosting this show with me today, writer for The Mary Sue and co-host and co-writer of It's Lit on PBS Digital and one of my favorite YouTubers, Nebula family members, and the person who I enjoy the most kicking my ass in Magic the Gathering, Princess Weeks, everybody. <laughs> Woo! Uh, <laughs> wonderful times. We have to do that again. <laughs> it was good. We did, uh, for those not in the know, uh, Princess and I were on a uh, panel at PAX West. Yes. That was it. Yes. Uh, and and we had we filled our downtime with playing magic in many lobbies. <laughs> it was amazing. And so I gave him the assignment to pick a unique deck for me. And <laughs> when we go to play, <laughs> he was so like, I picked you the most interesting, the most beautiful, everything. And the person comes down, what the exact same one. So it was yep. it was great. I I I sure nailed that. Uh, <laughs> I made so many inklings. It was great. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, so so, Princess, uh, you and I uh, have known each other for a little bit through the nebula, the nebula side of the interweb. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I watched your stuff a while ago. I watched your stuff pre that. I, I I don't even know if it was like five or six. I don't, time means nothing anymore. But I saw you right. first in your Suicide Squad review, the first Suicide oh, Squad. Oh, wow. Like, wow. way back. Oh, man. Um, but actually, I, and I realized this in prepping for this episode, I never asked you, like, how you started in YouTube, like, how you started this weird journey that we're all on now. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> wh- how did this all begin? All right, so my origin story is I was 15 years old. Uh, Twilight had taken over my high school, and I hated it. I was not like other girls. Uh, and I, and in retrospect now, it's it's very cringe, but I basically was like a teenager with a webcam who was like, vampires are finally popular, but it's not the vampires I like. I'm going to complain <laughs> about it. And then it started off just whinging, and then it slowly became just me sort of seeing kind of the connective tissue of how race and gender and pop culture all came together. And I evolved into Mm -hmm. a much wiser person who likes to discuss just pop culture from that kind of intersectional lens and make it fun and curse a lot. Uh, Because, you know, we can learn with a little bit of flavor. (laughs) A thousand percent. And it's funny, I I feel like I relate, I feel like you and I relate in a, in a bunch of different ways, but every time we talk, even down to prepping for this podcast, where I was like, oh yeah, same thing, we're on that. But because I had a make fun of Twilight phase myself back in the day, though I was probably a little bit older, but still not as wise, I was as wise as my 15 year old self, it took me longer <laughs> to evolve. Um, but I can definitely relate to like that time period where I'm like, fuck man, but like these other vampires, why aren't we talking about them? It is, it uh, is, it is a thing that whenever people talk about like relating to the other side, or like, I understand like that dark impulse of this is my thing, Smeagol, yeah. Gaul, you know, but at the same time, <laughs> it's like, but you have to learn to share and, mm-hmm. you know, and critique things for the right reasons and not just because yes. you're being a hashtag hater. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's super important to do that. Um, and actually, on, on that note, speaking of sort of that vibe, uh, we're in an interesting place in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe yes. uh, where Phase 4 has been uh, a bit touch and go. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what's your what's your sort of background with all that for the folks that don't uh, don't know, like you're, you know, with either the MCU or just sort of comics in general? 
Oh, yeah. I'm definitely like a huge comic book fan. My sister is a Gen X because she's older than me. So she got me into comics young. So I was like reading Watchmen and V for Vendetta like as a kid. And I've mm-hmm. always been a huge into X-Men. Uh, I'm from Brooklyn. So obviously Spider-Man all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember vividly like one of the first late night movies I ever saw was the first X-Men back in 2000. My mom took oh, yeah. me to that and we were just all just like, I was like, Magneto is right. I was been on that train <laughs> since I was like. Um, So I love comics. I I love comic book films. As I've gotten older and my film going education has just broadened, my feelings about the MCU have definitely changed and evolved from just like enjoying a medium that I love being translated to like, well, what does it actually mean for the world of cinema that every director and every person is being wrapped up in this Mm-hmm. franchise owned by one company um so there's nuances to that uh and when it comes to this most recent phase you know i have a lot of mixed feelings about it because i feel like it's a lot of chickens coming home to roost that should have been dealt with earlier yeah and it's frustrating to see that in the most diverse phase that marvel has had so far that's when everyone has the exhaustion it's like we could have yeah. got that in Thor Dark World era, like phase two, and things could still, you know. Sure. Um, yeah, that's super interesting. Like, so I, uh, I'm i trying to remember the exact, and, and this is me, because, uh, again, I think with this phase, due to all the things we sort of talked about, actually outside of the television shows, to be honest, I've, I've seen everything still, but, yeah. like, I have not ever since Endgame, like, been as diehard as a, of a person as I used to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if that's because, like, I've thought about this. I'm like, have I got my fill of this story? And if it's the entirely the same story, then like, why am I still going? And then phase four hasn't, like you said, sort of sorted out its, like what it's trying to do. Yeah. And granted, phase one, like, I mean, well, phase one's whole thing was getting the Avengers together. Yeah. That was it. Even that's a very limited scope thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still trying to figure out like what this is or if this is just their like, like, even with this brand new starting point, even though there's been some very shiny bright spots in it, I'm not getting that vibe. Like, I'm not like, oh, man, uh, Shuri and Shang-Chi and the Eternals are all going to get together. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel like that yeah. at all. Even um, though I like so many of those bits individually. I think, mm-hmm. I think, the, and I was talking to my friends about it another, I don't know the podcast exists about movies, but this one, but I was talking with friends about this. <laughs> <laughs> On something Thank that you. could be. Thank you for continuing the the the, <laughs> the, 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 the narrative. Um, and I was talking about. I think for me, it's just like comics don't last this long without having a soft reset, you yep. know. And it's so it's hard as for for multi film and television to ask people to put this much effort into something like this because regular comic fans, like unless you are at the top top of that. No one's really doing that, especially nope. nowadays. So to have that translated into film and television is just very awkward because these people are aging out of it. Obviously, they want to do other things. They don't want a career to just be this. And like with the turnaround with the VX conversation that we've been having, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a lot of issues and a lack of evolution. Like as someone who defends some Zack Snyder movies. It is a. It is very interesting. <laughs> like when I went back and rewatched Sucker Punch, how that the aesthetic that he had that everyone was like, oh, it's so like empty and shallow. Is like what everything looks like now. And it's like it really. Yeah. It's like you said it, you didn't like it, but like that's all that we've had for like a decade. 
<laughs> so it's kind of like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's a that's a that's a that's a very apt point. And again, I kind of go back to. It's so funny when when you said sucker punch, my brain went to the third act of Shang Chi. Like in uh, my yeah. head, <laughs> I was just like, oh yes, fantasy land kind of real looking it's like the big cg spectacle thing yeah uh oh man sucker punch i haven't thought about sucker punch in a, in a hot minute um <laughs> i was well, okay I, yeah i was watching patrick wellum's uh video fellow nebula yes bro yes. about it and i'm just thinking about like you know at the time sucker punch i just feel looked very off-putting because it was so cgi heavy mm-hmm. so vx heavy and it felt emptiness but that has really become like the default of most of these films. And it's like, people are complaining about it now more than ever, but it's been happening with this slow crawl. And it's like, why did we wait till now where it is the mm-hmm. default to start really doing anything about it? If we hate it this much. Yeah. Yeah. It's become, it's become what we are now used to. And because everything is way, I mean, way more homogenous than it was from a company perspective than when sucker punch came out, like, it's weird that we're all just like, yeah, this is this is movies now. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of speaking of sort of other films and whatnot, uh, a, a question we like asking everyone who comes on this show is sort of your cinematic language. Like, what movies? What type of movies? Not necessarily like, what's your favorite? Because that's a kind of a bullshit question. It's debate. It's on mood. And <laughs> How would I feel in that moment? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like at this very moment in this particular segment of the multiverse, this being the only podcast about movies. Absolutely. Um, what What are some of your like go to films or favorite movies or things you're kind of into right now? Oh man. Well, I've been in this zone especially with you know my movie sponsorship love you movie um just watching (laughs) older films and watching just different stuff from around the world like i really am invested in kind of going backwards i've been watching a lot of hitchcock recently Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i just watched marnie and shadow of a doubt and they're both so excellent um one of my favorite films that I've actually been really obsessed about, and I think I told you about it, is a uh, Picnic at Han- Hanging Rock, the yes. Australian mm-hmm. uh, film by Peter Ware. That's been just like living rent free in my brain forever. And I have no idea how to talk about it because it's such a weird, aesthetically pleasing film that sure, has no resolution. Sure. But I'm like, but I love it. It's just a mystery. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. and there's no solution. Um, I'm really loving that. And then I'm also really enjoying. Um, just watching stuff that gave me comfort when I was a kid and trying to figure out why. Like I, my, my girlfriend had never seen the mummy movie, like the Brendan Fraser one. Yes. And I'm just like, all right, put it in. She was just like, that was really fun. I'm like, isn't it just so charming? And I'm just, you just watch it. and just kind of like, like it's like a hug. So so, no matter what, I feel like I could throw the mummy on and I could be in the worst mood, just in, in, in the complete dumps. And by the end of it, I'm just like, no, this is, Everything was fine for two hours. Yes, and it's and it's so weird how like it has so many pacing problems on paper, but you mm-hmm. just go with it. Like you don't see the mummy for the first half of the film. Yeah, and then yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. sudden Imhotep is there. It's like, sorry, girls, been a party the whole time. I'm not mad. Um, <laughs> and I think I've been just investing like with everything going on with streaming. I've just been really enjoying like buying movies in 4K. Like I have the Mask of Zorro in 4K for no. Yeah. I just I just want to just see Antonio Hell Banderas yeah. and Catherine Cena Jones sexy fence that's on my 4k tv it's just like why else would i own it (laughs) 
I've been, I've been, um, I, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you sort of say that because I've been trying to, uh, you know, as, as, to my, to my, uh, my platform here and everywhere, anyone who will actually listen to me, I've been trying to champion sort of like making sure we own physical copies mm. of movies that we actually care about. Absolutely. Uh, because as we're seeing with uh, Warner, Discovery, Peacock, uh, Folgers, Crystals, whatever the fuck there are this <laughs> week, they're sort of sucking into themselves. Uh, the me media can just go away. It's and, horrifying. And we don't know when that will happen. So, like, what did I just watch? That was an, it was a, oh, so I, again, this is sort of my history of some things, but the movie we reviewed last week was uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Ooh, amazing. And I loved it so much. I'm a huge Red Al fan. It's on Roku. You can actually watch it without an account, which is interesting, which mm. whatever. Um, but, like, I was like, I want to buy that on Blu-ray. Yeah. Am I ever going to be able to buy that on Blu-ray? Like, mm. maybe, but, like, because it's Roku, like, I don't, no, yeah. and so it's just one of those things where it's like a story from a creator that was literally seminal to how I understand comedy yeah. I might not ever get to watch after like two years. That's how I was feeling about like, I think I need to find out like, I don't know if Bo Bojack Horseman is available to buy like a complete box set of it. Yeah, yeah. And I love that show. That show to me is like, is up there with the Sopranos in terms of just this great prestige television. And like, even now it's like, I've been going back, I just bought even though it's not prestige. I just bought Smallville on Blu-ray because I'm like, I just want to make sure I own it. Nice, I, bought the nice. I bought the Sopranos on Blu-ray. Um, Game of Thrones, I bought, they recently just released a, a complete box set in 4K. I'm just like, well, maybe I'll be able to see the last half of the series now. So I'm just like, I just want to make sure that things that I really like or want to revisit, I have multiple copies of it. Like, right. I still have my Buffy box that I got when I was in college on Same. DVD. I have... I'm never going to get rid of it because what is that, if I lose it? And yeah. also they used to make DVD boxes that were fun. Yep. Like, that were really, like, I have the charm. They matched. They matched. I have the charm complete box set, and it's the entire, like, Book of Shadows with, like, spells from the show inside of it. I'm like, they don't even do that anymore. They're like, here's, no. just a, here's just a, a ring of discs. <laughs> Enjoy. I, I, think, I think the last box set uh, of television I got, well, this was ages ago. Actually, I think you were tweeting about this or your rewatch of it. I think it was you, was True Blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's a series that I love intensely even when it gets like real fucking weird at the end uh, but like i was like i like that i own this yes. no one can take this from me they can rip um, it out of your cold dead hands i mean that's that, that's why i always renew my homeowner's insurance because if i lose mm -hmm. any of my precious physical material i'm buying it back so. actually speaking of vampire the next vampires the next thing i want to buy as soon as i think the fourth season is available is netflix's castlevania oh absolutely i think it's out now that show is just imperative like that the rare case every episode of that thing from season one to season four the next episode is better than the last it's I couldn't believe it. It's, Makes it's, no sense. It's the best video game adaptation of all time. I mean, yeah. up there with like Detective Pikachu, uh, mm -hmm. which I love. It's just like, it's so well made, so beautiful. Like pay your animators, pay animators, yes. you know. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, I know. It's funny. I, I hear rumors that that was actually done or a lot of it, and this could be wrong. Email me in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com to yell at me and tell me I'm wrong. But that that was actually done a lot in Adobe Animate which makes mm. no sense because that is a broken ass program wow. <laughs> because we use it and all of our artists <laughs> never like using it. Um, but anyway, that could just be a vicious rumor. But we're not here to talk about <laughs> Sorry. any of that. This is what happens when we hang out because we have I so know. much like, in common. We're always like I, eating a steak dinner, just like, boop, 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 boop. 
<laughs> I remember we were at a Nebula dinner at Cut when we first met in person. And I, I remember like 45 minutes in feeling bad that like we weren't talking to the rest of the yeah. table because we were the only two like I think nerdy, nerdy people there. Maybe I was, in, at least in those specific fields that of, we were of discussing. The, of, that, of the brand, of the specific geek nerdy. Yeah, I think we were yeah. just like. <laughs> <laughs> just turning like, sorry, sorry. No, uh, today we will be discussing uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, a film, I might say, that the Internet Movie Database describes as the people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from invading world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. Mm -hmm. Uh which I think is fairly an accurate depiction of what this movie is. I like I like judging the IMDb yeah. description to see if it is what it is without giving too much or too little away. That feels fine. That works. Um, I guess jumping right in. I mean, what what's I mean? I I imagine you like everyone else on the planet loved the first Black Panther film. Duh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never want to assume. I just I I want to make sure because it's funny though. I actually I don't think I've ever met someone that said like they did not like. The first Black Panther movie. I have yet to see anyone not like the Black Panther movie and give me a crit critique of it that I'm like, that tracks. You, right. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I'm like, okay, you're entitled to your, to your wrong opinion, but sure. okay, yeah, everyone has a right. Um. <laughs> everyone gets one. Everyone gets um, a right, yeah. But but yeah, uh, this being uh, an, a kind of an... Uh, one of the odder sequels, I think, in the MCU, not in a bad way, but just in a fully structural way, obviously mm -hmm. with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Um, this I, I, this was the Phase 4 film that I was, A, the most hyped about just in general, mm -hmm. and B, the most curious about, because I honestly, I try to stay away from spoilers as best I can. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't quite know how they would handle it. And then, of course, as things were leaking through, I, you can't block everything when yeah. I found out Namor was in it. Like, I was like, oh, this makes sense. And I kind of figured, but like, mm -hmm. I was always very curious about like structure, what this thing would look like. Yeah. Um, what about you? Did you kind of stay clean of spoilers as best you could? Or do Sa you like just dive in? Sadly, because of this work I do at the Mary Sue, it's kind of hard to not. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we'll get into is something that I think is very frustrating about like how movies get made and how the media entertainment landscape is formed because you literally can't avoid it. And so, like, all of the mystery, like, I think back about the first Black Panther movie. I had no idea what was going to happen, you know? Like, even though I was still working in the industry, there was still so much, like, spectacle that you were going to look forward to seeing. And I feel mm -hmm. like now, all the spectacles in the trailer. So, like, there are so many beautiful moments in this film that are still really good, but we've already seen it, like, six times. If you've, if you've seen movies, if, like, as someone who likes to support, you know, my independent movie theaters, if I go see a movie, I've seen the trailer... So I've yeah. seen the, the greatest hits of this film a significant amount of time. And I think that's a problem with how we have been forced to consume film that are a problem with this film. And I think yeah. in general, a lot of the issues that I might have with this film are just industry and Marvel-wide issues rather than anything specifically wrong with how Ryan Coogler made Wakanda Forever. Sure. That makes total sense. Actually, so Shahir, uh, a regular co-host of the show, uh, who apparently is off fighting crime somewhere. Good for uh, them. <laughs> he, 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 um, he does not watch trailers. Mm. That's his whole thing. He just doesn't. And, uh, you know, he's got that luxury where it's not, like, required for his work. And uh, I, I like trailers too much, but what I've been actually trying to do is only watch what they are now calling the teaser trailer, even yeah. though they're normally two and a half minutes long. <laughs> like, like so, And so when I saw the teaser trailer for Wakanda Forever, 
it gave me the emotional gut punch of the film, but I feel like it didn't spoil a ton of like the big actiony moments. And I was like, perfect trailer. Do not release another one. Keep, keep doing that. That's mm -hmm. great. Done. And then they released like five more. Yeah. And then exactly what you said happened. And uh, then, then because you know, if when you when your job is to watch media or engage with media or even make media, you kind of start seeing through the lines of the design. And when you see things, you're like, well, that's definitely like an act two thing. And if I haven't seen that by the end of act one, then that's definitely happening. Mm -hmm. Like he, like you piece together the roadmap, and then it's not that you can't enjoy it. It's just like you don't get like sucked onto the ride. It's not like a smooth a smooth like vibe, I guess. Absolutely. You're, just, you're like bolted into the system. <laughs> and the, and there's no room for quiet anymore like i think yeah. i i defend the eternals on the sense that like i think that its biggest limitation is that it's not just a sci-fi film because mm -hmm. there's so it wants to have all these quiet emotional moments then has to like ram marvel bullshit into it and i feel like that is so frustrating it's frustrating to watch like genuine creative people have to be forced into a into being a cog in the machine sure. <laughs> like and it's just like uh it's hard i actually i go to bat for eternals quite a bit um, this is why we I, hang out. We're all really yeah, yeah. Well, no, and, and it's funny. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> when, when talking about the Eternals, you definitely <laughs> one want must. to. This is one must feel around in the room to make sure that it's safe to talk about the Eternals. Because <laughs> I've been into conversations with people where I try to say something positive about it, and uh, then it just becomes like a shouting match. Because I'm like, I, I, you, you can have again. You can have your opinion. And Eternals, I think, is a far more divisive film than say Black Panther in mm -hmm. that regard. But the, the thing I really I liked uh, two main things about. Uh, Eternals. One, even though there was, you know, a bunch of CG, it had a giant, uh, you know, celestial coming out of the earth, which no one talks about anymore. Um, uh, but, uh, but like it, in, in most of its scenes, like the, it was actually you could tell it felt like grounded. Like mm -hmm. when they were in a forest, they were in, they were oh. shooting in a forest, Absolutely. or at least a, a physical set mm -hmm. that was made to look like a forest. Mm -hmm. And like those small things, I'm really appreciating more and more as the Marvel machine keeps ramping up. And then um, two was those quiet moments. Like the the it was whenever they were quiet and dealing with like emotions uh, uh, from the characters, I was so invested. And then they'd be like. But yeah, man, Thanos. And I'm like, I okay. Who's gonna okay. lead the Avengers now? Maybe I could do yeah, it. No totally one, not. no one's here to see you, Icarus. Like, get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> so I, I thousand percent agree with that. No, yeah, it's it's to me the Eternals is like the closest we'll ever get to like childhood's end by Arthur C. Clarke being adapted by like a mainstream thing. Okay. But, okay. I'm here for that. <laughs> but I also like I feel like also it was like a movie where like the actors really seemed to like each other's chemistry and like mm -hmm. that was really thought into it. Which reminds me of this film because I feel like again all the actors really like each other. Yeah. Um and you feel that that idea that you're all on the same team. And I mm -hmm. also love that the Eternal's third act isn't just, it has the big fight moment, but it's not just about a big fight. It's like it's yes. it's literally like this very personal conflict between these two people that if the movie, you know, had time to spend on focusing on it more, maybe we could have cared more. But at least an attempt was made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, like it it's funny. The one criticism I'll give the or that I'll say about the Eternals that I never hear is it doesn't suffer from the 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 well-known trope of like bad Marvel villain tropes. Like no one ever complains about who's the bad guy. I won't spoil it in case no one has seen Eternals. But like like no one complains about that in that particular movie. They complain about a lot of other things. And I think mm -hmm. that's because 
the conflict is set up as like an ideological difference between these fucking gods. Yeah. Like, and that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, even though it does degrade into a punch fest, which again, looks neat, but whatever. Exactly. Anyway, a <laughs> little more, I, I guess this is a more grounded film. I, I feel confident in saying that. Mm -hmm. um, what were your first, what were your first thoughts, feelings, uh, 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 intonations uh, after watching Wakanda Forever? You know, I really liked it. I think the, the one thing, I think that, you know, Letitia Wright, despite all the VAC stuff, like, clearly did a really great job. I think mm -hmm. they really performed all that grief. I think it's just like, it's a testament to how good of a director Ryan Coogler is that he, like, manages to make, like, a film that's totally female-led, totally mm -hmm. black-led, brown-led, and, like, it just feels so natural, you know? Like, and I think it, it, usually those things, you know, that becomes like, how do you do diversity? He just does it, you know what I mean? It's like his natural instinct in these films. And I think that everyone did a really great job. I, and I felt like Chadwick being gone didn't just leave a hole in like the hearts of the people who love the character, but also in like the script. Because I think like for people who are, unfamiliar with the comics T'Challa and, and Namor they got beef going back for a long time mm -hmm, you throw mm -hmm. Dr. Doom in there whoo yep. okay that's conflict and I think that <laughs> there you can see a clear line between the idea of what does it mean for T'Challa to be the leader of Wakanda this like nation that's never dealt with colonization or imperialism versus Namor Namor who is directly a result of that kind of trauma and how like isolation versus, you know, opening up, coming to conflict. But because T'Challa is gone and that has to be a huge part of the story, naturally, grief ends up leading to a lot of characters making a lot of choices that you're just like, that's an escalation. <laughs> and so like, you know, usually like the, you know, the quote unquote idiot ball trope, you know, it gets dropped in a way of like doing plot device things. I think it made sense in this film because everyone is so grieved, but I yeah. do think it does, it, it because it has to be so much about that and getting that right. You can't really sit with like what the conflict really is between, uh, Talokan and Wakanda specifically, which I would have liked to have gotten more attention. Yeah, well, because it's it's again kind of like we were just saying with Eternals, it's ideologies at play as opposed to like individuals, even though it's focused up. And the reason that um, I feel like I like the the idiot ball trope sort of phrase, the reason why it doesn't feel like that is because the script gives us a reason mm -hmm. to believe the characters would make rash decisions. They are all intensely grieving. Mm -hmm. Like, whereas if you look at something like Black Adam. Did you see Black Adam? I did. I do. And I, and I have a slight apologist for it, but I will let you say what you got to say because you're, you're right I, as well. I, I will say, this. Is, I'll say a positive thing and then I'll, I'll poo-poo it a little bit. Poo-poo. Uh, I did not dislike my time in that chair. I had a good time. <laughs> I liked watching The Rock fuck things up. He's obviously very passionate about doing this. Rock and roll. Let's let's watch the hierarchy of the DCEU change again and again and again. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of idiot ball oh, for in sure. that movie. And it's and, and again, as people who watch a ton of films, as you and I are, and many of people who uh, I think actually I'd say all the people that listen to the show, um, you start seeing through the cracks where you're like, oh, they had to say that because that's what moves us to second act giant fight punch fest. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this film, I never felt like, 
I feel like I was even more surprised when they made the, the wrong moves because like even though I understood why in the in the post of it, mm -hmm. like it just felt like a much smoother ride because we're riding basically an emotional roller coaster as opposed to and here's where the plot has to change and here's where this has to happen mm -hmm. and you know, like whatever like narrative writing one oh one is. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean I and I think Black Adam and Wakanda Forever are two they're actually two very good movies to compare to each other because they have a lot of similar overlapping themes mm -hmm. um, and are both black led. And I think that it's interesting how like <laughs> in this context, like black Adam is no more <laughs> and, like, <laughs> yeah. and the yeah. JSA is Wakanda and it's like all that kind of stuff working out. But I, I think that for me, when I was watching it, I kept feeling like, Part of the reason why it's so hard for me to sometimes love the MCU and where it's at is because it feels like so many of the world-building parts weren't there from the beginning. And so, like, it sucks that, like, yeah, like, Chadwick already didn't have a lot of time to be yeah. T'Challa. But if we had had T'Challa earlier... You know, if sure. we had been, if we hadn't waited until phase three to be like, all right, now the blacks and browns can have stuff. We would have had time to do all of these things before with him. And I feel yeah. like I kind of had the sense of like, wow, we were really robbed with so much time of getting to, to be in this part of the MCU because we had to do all of this like building blocks that now we appreciate because like we think about, oh, they build up to the Avengers and that was great. But did we really need a lot of those second films? Well, I, I mean, no, to be perfectly honest, phase two, and again, I I like phase two. I, I will even say I like Thor The Dark World. It's the best Masters of the Universe movie that wasn't made in the late 80s or early 90s. Very true. Um, <laughs> but like, um, but then it's funny, like a film like, and again, I like Shane Black. Uh, Iron Man 3 is a film that every time I watch it, I, I flip. I'm like, this mm. is great. Or I'm like, this is garbage See, and like that'll be I, fun yeah i can't like i can't so like but those but but either way do we need iron man 3 not really tony kind of deals with like his uh ptsd-esque symptoms um in that movie slightly or they they, they mention them and mm. then like he's fixed yeah I, I don't know but like that is also touched upon in other films too so like there's a lot of those second tier phase two movies that to get the story of the infinity stones and thanos I mean, maybe for me, like, oh, well, the reality stone is here, or yeah. this is that, sure. But, like, it all, you know what it feels like? If Marvel TV was a thing back then, not mm. counting, of course, the Netflix shows. Yeah. Um, if this Disney Plus level, like, half of those stories could have been, <laughs> could have been an email. Yes, no, could have been a TV show. Absolutely. Right? And I think that's not an insult because, like, there are in-between stuff and arcs. Like, that's how comics work. Like, you read mm -hmm. multiple issues, eventually there's a big climax and to, as someone who loves iron man 3 the biggest problem with iron man 3 is that like everything that it sets up is undone in the rest of the series so yes. like if the so if that movie doesn't even get to fully accomplish what it set up to do then retroactively it's pointless even if i do think it's a good movie like yeah if he blows up all of his his suits but he has them all in civil war why doth the why doth we explode the suits anyway makes <laughs> No fucking sense. And again, I, I so the last time I watched Iron Man 3, it was in a downswing. I, I'm right currently, I'm like, man, I'm mad about it. I guarantee you if I popped it on after this podcast, I would be like, 
this is great. This Put it is on the for best. Christmas. Put it on for Christmas. It's a Christmas it movie. It is a Christmas movie. That's a great point, Princess. I'm going to do that. I'm going to swing it around. Um, so, so with this giant uh, Chadwick hole in, in this movie, and, and honestly, and, and again, it kind of bleeds into, as you said, like you can feel the cast really likes each other, and therefore, like the character's grief is like mm-hmm. real grief, which incredibly effective and moving and and it like if you're looking at this in like a cold like cinema way like does it work yeah fuck yeah it works mm-hmm. but then you're like think about it and and how difficult and how like i mean that's not that's not going to work anymore that's like it's it's a weird hybrid and it and it pays off for like what you get on screen mm-hmm. but it's just it's not I, normal I, you know what i mean no. it's, it's not it's like it's like going back to work on the crow after Brandon yeah. dies. You know what I mean? It's like it's very like, and that you kind of feel like the obligation. Like, and, it's, and this is like like kind of how like Love and Thunder feels like an obligation. You know what I mean? Like, all right, we had it in the contract to make it, so let's just throw some stuff out here. And I don't even hate that film, but in a lot of ways, it's like Black Panther was like the first, you know, MC movie to be nominated for like a big tier Oscar. It made a mm-hmm. billion dollars. First black led superhero movie of that caliber. So like it had to they had to make a sequel. Yeah. They couldn't just recast Ch- like people like recast T'Challa. They couldn't do that. That would have yeah. been a fuck you to a lot of people and they would not have rested for that. So like that was never going to happen. So you have this movie that I feel is has two scripts going on in it that I think are working together really well for the most part but then you get the cia shit that just comes into it and then you're like (laughs) well so why are these white people here you know it was very much like the token that our tolkien whites showed up like you know here we are Well, also, it's funny when it's like you literally say that they're inserted in. They're not even. We cut to them. Yeah. Like if we're not talking about, um, if we're not talking about when um, uh, Queen uh, Ramonda goes to the whatever UN, hearing she goes yeah, to the, the UN. UN yeah. Um, like, the, like I don't even think Ross is there. No. Like Ross <laughs> is never around anybody except for I think no, not even when on the bridge he misses the fight on the bridge, and like look, I'm all about. The I actually didn't catch this. I don't even know if this is true in the Collins, uh, comics. Valentina and Ross being uh, ex-husband and wife. I didn't know I, that was I the looked thing. that up, and I, I think they made that shit up. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I liked it. It was the first time I was excited about Valentina as a character in this thing. I was like, oh, we're, like, grounding her, and she's turning a little bit more into, like, I don't know if you read, like, Dark Avengers back in the, uh, like, yeah. the, when Norman Osborn, like, a Victoria Hand. Yes, I remember that. Like, yeah, yeah. it feels a little more like her, which is fun. I don't know. But again, you're right. In this movie, in this story, other than, you know, the U.S. is also up to some weird fucking shit that mm-hmm. probably we should be on the lookout for. Why are we following them? And they give, like, narrative contrivance of, like, him getting them information and then getting in trouble and mm-hmm. whatever. But, like... Yeah, it was like <clears throat> you're dealing with the grief story. You're dealing with the two different ideologies of um, basically uh, coming to the fore of uh, colonization and how that has affected or not affected, depending, two different cultures uh, mm-hmm. coming up at the same time. And then you have Agent Ross like talking on beads behind a cell phone. <laughs> with an ex-wife like, just like, you're like, oh, I'm going to ride your Peloton. What? Yeah, that should have yeah. been the quote you opened up with. It's like, <laughs> we should have. That <laughs> I'm going to ride your Molotov. Oh, <laughs> that should have been it. 
<laughs> oh, well, it's too bad I can't edit this. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like no. that character is so weird to me. Like, other than the fact that I would absolutely hit, like, like in terms sexually, consensually, sure. hit that <laughs> when it comes to Julia Louise Dreyfus, because I think she's like a... I've had a crush on her since I saw Seinfeld for the first time, and that's just oh, not yeah. going away. She's yeah. a, so I get why you would want her in a movie, but she just, she's too, like, you know how everyone made fun of, like, Dakota Johnson looking like she knew what an iPhone was in Persuasion? Julia, yes. Julia Louise Dreyfus looks like she's, no, she's in a comic book movie and doesn't give a fuck. And yeah, I no. respect it, but it's awkward. <laughs> she's veeping the hell out of that. She's and, like, so it's, it's, it's so funny to watch. It's like, I know that her first appearance came before She-Hulk, but I feel like she was inadvertently breaking whatever fourth wall, like yes. suddenly just being like, well, whatever, fuck this, I'm here. Oh, this line, that line, whatever. Oh, I gotta say uh, uh, Clint Barton and a bunch of other shit in a graveyard? Yeah, that's fine. Like, she does not give a fuck, and it's fun. Yeah. Um, regardless. Um, so, yes, you are right. That that part of the movie felt so separate and and... I kind of wish the so that's where the Marvel world building was, yeah. right? Like, like because even we'll I mean we're about a half hour in, so we'll talk spoilers kind of freely. So mm -hmm. even by the end of this film, nothing in both kingdoms has changed. Mm -hmm. Just one convinced the other to stand the fuck down for a minute. Yes, and so like. I wanted the, the one thing I didn't get out of this movie that I wanted was I wanted the stakes, the global stakes to be adjusted. Mm -hmm. And this felt like the setup maybe for the global stakes to be adjusted. And to be clear, I, I think this will be like figuring out what Wakanda is when T'Challa is gone. Like how it, because again, like the different ideologies, Shuri is definitely thinking something different. Although she, I guess at the end of this film is not, the leader, Mbaku, basically goes to the falls. Is that what I'm gathering? I th I think that, like, he's, like, her acting person right now. It's unclear. Yeah. It's unclear. But she's the Black Panther, so we yes. do have that. So she, and she, in, a, in a way, that's kind of exciting from a character perspective mm -hmm. because as a as a superhero, she doesn't also have to be a monarch, which gets weird. Yeah. Um, the... But, like, I wanted, I wanted the stakes of the Wakanda-Namor... Uh, um, conflict to like resonate and cause something else like even if it was just um i don't know like someone trying to get the avengers back together or a new version of them somewhere because like oh shit now on un second unknown global power is here like mm -hmm. oh fuck like even if there's something but instead we just get like you know we're gonna we're gonna take that vibranium and it's like yeah. cool but like no it doesn't move anything forward yeah but I also understand that I'd, I'd rather have a deeply personal story about grieving a family member and and coming to violent conflict about ideology differences uh, and how it affects people you love and care about than move the MCU forward. So I'm glad that they mm -hmm. went that direction. But the fact that they had the CIA shit in there was like that needle that I was yeah. like, Oh, well, this is still here, and I, I guess I have to care about it. <laughs> like, and even though, like, I like, like, I've always enjoyed Riri Williams, especially after she was, like, written with, um, I forget the name of the comic book writer, but she, uh, she's a black woman from Chicago and started writing Ironheart. 
and it was really good. So I appreciated mm -hmm. her being in here. But to be quite honest, and I think this is kind of how I feel throughout the board, I find the entire New Avengers integration thing to be clunky as hell. Yeah, like I, it is. It, it just, and I don't, I just don't think that it needs to exist. I really like my hot take is that I just think that they should just wrap this shit up. Like <laughs> I really think they need to just wrap it up or just do like a hard reset and be like, all right, this phase of the MCU is over. It's all about X-Men now. That's fine, girl. I'll watch it. <laughs> but we can't keep bringing in these children because they're not important. Like It's, it's not a, a bad move. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and you know what? I'll even take, do, do we think, I know they haven't announced this yet. Or at least I don't think they have. They're not doing a Young Avengers film, are they? Or that's not on the books yet? They haven't seemed to do that, but they keep casting. Like, they, they've kind of, like, implied they're casting, like, Wiccan. Uh, they've, you know, they have all the pieces for it, and they're doing all of these, like, the Marvels. They're doing an Ironheart thing. They did, you know, Hawkeye. So it feels like they're setting up for that, and that they wouldn't have invested so much time and money if they weren't going to do something similar. But I just don't think it... It just doesn't work, because you don't have a lot of things that you need to make that shit interesting. And I think that they really don't understand that to a certain degree, like what made the MCU popular was the novelty of it being the first time we saw something like that. And mm -hmm. also following like a group of characters that we really, really like for so long. Like we can keep rebooting Captain America and he can look the same regardless, but Chris Evans is 41. He's tired. That's why he has a 25 year old yeah. girlfriend for so favorite. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> You know, Robert Downey Jr. has other things to do. And those were also what people were invested in. Not just the characters, but the yeah. the actors playing these characters. And it's not like James Bond, where, like, we're used to seeing them switch up. Or even Batman, where we've gone mm -hmm. through a bunch of Batmans. Like, the concept of a legacy character is already so messy in comics. It's so hit and miss there. I don't think they understand that it's going to be even more hit and miss as a movie television premise. yeah. They the reset button's a, a really sort of good move where again, like and the, you're right, the X-Men would be such a nice such a nice palette cleanser to sort of do that. Mm -hmm. Um I I wish <clears throat> the the feature has now become the bug. Mm -hmm. Like and, and here's why here's why. I think I got it, Princess. Here is why. Tell me. It's because the story's over. Yes. Endgame, it's 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 on the fucking tin. Yeah. Like the story is over let's do something that doesn't have to be connected and i can't believe i'm saying like i my history is i i've i've gone uh, hardcore on this i mean we can, people can listen there's seven years of me just defending this shit like <laughs> defending the mcu mm -hmm. like a, a valiant uh good uh plebe in in the corporate cog i was gonna say the perfect shill that they the perfect <laughs> shill I am, I am, or was forever, an entire Marvel shill. In fact, I guess I still am because I watch them all. Mm -hmm. But now I don't like. It's weird because I don't think I was like just blindly going forward. I enjoyed them yeah. very much. Thought they had a decent thing to say, and now that is slipping away. Wakanda Forever being the first one that I feel like in Phase Four that consistently mm -hmm. has something true and emotional to say, and that suck. It sucks when like. Uh, I just go back to Thor: Love and Thunder and 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 Doctor Strange and how they're just like, and they're here. Yeah, and these <laughs> like, guys are here too. Yeah, yeah it's it, especially because like I've so I've only watched Endgame like once and a half. I don't. I prefer Infinity War because I like ending on the great tragedy sure, of it sure. all. But I think that like Endgame was such a huge 
success. And they're trying to build this whole like mythology about the blip and shit, right? Except mm-hmm. that they started off with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, the things I could say about the Spider-Man Tom Holland movies, but I won't. So I don't want you to get harassed on your podcast. Oh, no. But they just, like, that was the first time we were seeing, like, what the post-blip world was like. And it was bullshit. Like, there was no stakes about what anyone had lost. And we keep going back and forth about, like, okay, how do things adjust? How do they not? There's no real thought about any of that. Like, I saw someone tweet about the celestial hand coming out and, like, I know Namor was tight when this happened. Right. <laughs> and I was like, it'd be great. Like, they're coming in our waters. Giants are coming out of our seas. Like, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, and I think it's, it's. I, I do wish, it's funny. I actually wish there was like, um, fuck, what was that comic series? It was just about Ben Ulrich and the Daily Bugle. Mm. Frontline during Civil War comic run. And maybe they continued it on. It was basically like, humans mm-hmm. like in the world that these superheroes are fucking up all over the damn place and like how they report and live their lives and keep moving forward i i really wish and i knew they'd never do it but like the blip was something that was so like ripe mm-hmm. for that and like what you could talk about societally whatever the closest like we only get hyper tiny slivers of the moment when people either leave or are back yeah i think um um there was one in WandaVision. There was one in uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. So like, and those are neat, and because because you, you forget about because <laughs> you forget the blip fucking happened because yeah. you don't really talk about it, yep. and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, the thing that happened, and that's fun, but you don't get to deal with anything that keeps it emotionally resonant like it did with these characters we cared about for ten fucking years getting snapped away. Exactly. Um, and it was a uh, Civil War Frontline, is what you're. Frontline. Yes. There we go. So there you were go. correct. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. I think I have that on my on my shelf. I just <laughs> those those were the most fun of that entire thing for me because I was just like. I love, I love seeing human beings surrounded by these fucking gods. Oh, absolutely. And how, the, and how they have to cope. Yeah. Um, the super, sorry. the insurance you have to have. Like, I always said, like, if I had to live in any fictional place, just not Metropolis. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can handle getting, like, potentially get my ass kicked by Batman, you know, because then he might sure. feel better to adopt me. But... <laughs> Metropolis is just constantly buildings getting smashed. Like Princess, you... <laughs> the sixth Robin confirmed. Ah, uh, Yes, can't wait. I'm gonna um, be. I'm just gonna be just under Jason Todd's arm, just like. This, like. <laughs> Side like, note, because all we do is tangents now. Uh, have you played <laughs> Gotham Knights at all? I haven't. I haven't gotten to play it. I'm actually gonna try and uh, stream it on Twitch because I got a free copy. So Ooh, nice. I, free deluxe. So I was just like, well, my time well, has well, come. Well. Yeah, that's I, very cool. I've, I, heard, I've it's heard it's bad. Mixed yeah, yeah. I've heard it's bad, but I'm also just like, but I will be playing it because. Uh, it's, I know this is a visual, an audio format, but um, I'm going to show you Ooh. my print of the Robins. Oh, that's cool. For and those I, of you who cannot see, it's like a long print with all of the Robins sort of falling from a gargoyle or jumping, really, not yeah. falling. Uh, well, yeah, that's it's, cool. It's the, it's the big three. It's Jason, Dick, and Tim, my, my, my sons. Get out of here, Damien. Get fucking Damien. <laughs> unless, he's, unless, they, unless he's brown, I'm like, get out. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> um, although I do love Cassandra, Stephanie, um, Duke, my babies, love all of you. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I really love the Robins. So I'll, I'll watch whatever, I'll play whatever bullshit that they're in. Sure. But, but back to Wakanda. Yes. No, um, but I totally would love to hear more about like what your initial thoughts were because I know what I feel. 
Yeah. But you don't no, be I... tweeting because you're smart, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually agree, uh, honestly, with your with your review on the Mary Sue. I believe uh, I, it was what? Uh, five out of five out of five. Um, heart herbs, yeah. Heart herbs, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the movie, uh, like from a lot of different levels, moved me, and I don't. Do I like this better than the first one? No, I don't think any movie in this realm could sort of get me past that because it was just the first one wrote that like, I, I, I how did I I wrote something down about it? It's like it wrote a kind of a. Like that incredibly difficult knife's edge between like revelation and spectacle. Yeah. And like, I can't think of another Marvel film that sort of like maybe Endgame, but like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. This one I knew would never live up to that, but it was like easily my favorite one in a very long time. Yeah. Because again, it felt personal. And for all of the CG, for all of the nonsense, things felt this, I, I'm big in this, in this category. Things felt threatening. Yeah. Um, the uh, I keep wanting to call them Atlanteans. I know because not. yeah, we can call them Atlanteans. Uh, they're no, the what are they? Um, Talo Collins. Talo Collins. Because it's Talokan. It's Talokan, and I think he says that the Talokayans. Talokayans. Let's just. I think I think that's what it is. I apologize for my terrible pronunciation. They they like felt fucking dangerous. And, like, they were highly CG'd, of course, but they had weight to them. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm big into, like, the feeling of, like, does this feel like it's living in the space? Yeah. They 100% did. I will also say the visual effects for everything underwater, I think, might be my absolute favorite non-real underwater cinematography that I've seen. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sorry, James Cameron. Um, <laughs> well, although he's just a lot of real stuff, which is beautiful. I'm yeah. more talking about Avatar. Um, like, it felt... Like there was depth to it. It felt like not dirty, but like murky, you know, yeah. like the ocean. Yeah. Uh, and so that always felt like it was real, which is insane because what we're watching is insane. Mm -hmm. um, I loved, I loved that um, <clears throat> that Shuri like went, was kidnapped, went down there. But then like he gives her a tour and they're like buddying around. I'm like, are they? Is there? Well, to be fair, she asked to go. She asked to go. I, I know. Diplomat, I, but he was like, okay, I'll put a little charm. You know Namor steals girls. So that's what I happens. Know. That's what he does. I know. Which it was, again, <laughs> the, oh, side note. Namor in general. Every change was great. Everything that they kept was great. Mm -hmm. He's a bit of a Dickhead. Yeah, love yeah, it. Uh, he's <laughs> a huge dick. Um, and he's, I, I love that they made him, again, a, I will say this, silly looking character in the comic books. Mm-hmm look and feel dangerous, and see still had tiny wings on his feet. I love that, because I I hated the whole, like, oh, look how silly this costume would look like. What do you think we're going to have, yellow spandex? I want yellow spandex. That's what I was <laughs> That's what I was raised on. Those are my traditions. But I... <laughs> But I loved, I loved the revamped look. It, his origin makes way more... I mean, again, actually, to be honest, I don't remember Namor's comic origin because I started paying attention to Namor, honestly, around the Illuminati shit, yeah. so, which is way late in the game. Um, but, like, this just feels correct in the MCU. It's interesting. Again, mm -hmm. it makes that real hardline division between Wakanda and, and Namor's people. Like, and, and, again, I think... I keep... I, I, <laughs> This whole thing's just going to be me quoting your tweets. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm so be... prolific. Whatever that word is. I'm yeah. around. Prolific. <laughs> prolific, um, thank you. <laughs> the, 
I think you you had a spicy take where you're just like, yeah, Namor's right though, like in, uh, in, in, in yeah. or something along those lines. And I I have to say I from my outsider perspective, it's like yup, like the, I I. I you, you, and I know they only touch on it ever so slightly mm -hmm. in the movie. They show him, which I love that he's just a little fucking kid and just yeah. ordering people dead. I, like, was, I thought that was great. I remember saying, like, ooh, I was eating my popcorn. I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. And, like, that whole thing uh, made total sense to me. Like, mm -hmm. all he's trying to do and again, he's a dick about it because Namor's a dick. Mm -hmm. He can he can be right and still a huge turd. Yeah, like it. There's that. Those are not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. He's like, listen, your king announced the thing, and now everyone's coming for this shit. And now it came to my door. So I need to know you have my back if shit gets real. Mm -hmm. And Wakanda again. It's so funny because Wakanda's in a place of grieving, and they don't really know. Like, yeah. again, the, the queen's being as badass as she possibly can, and Shuri's cool, and, like, everyone there is still, like, hyper-confident, but the power structure is gone. Yeah. And so they react kind of... It's it's so interesting. They react kind of like I think they'd want T'Challa to react. Mm hmm But it's never, like, with the same conviction, and we, of course, see that through Shuri's arc throughout mm -hmm. the thing. And I gotta say, how did you feel? Ooh, this brings me to a this Ooh. brings me to a question. Uh, how up. did you feel about Killmonger being the person that she <laughs> saw in the fucking Dreamland place? I mean, I think I was distracted because I think it was the the best looking Michael B. Jordan has ever been. But I do, <laughs> but I do considering that his character was just so like an up to a degree like very volatile towards other women. It was fun seeing him just be like, "Are you gonna?" Are you gonna fuck shit up? It reminded me of do you know do you remember the dark Kermit memes of like do it? It was like yes. it was like that. It was like it was like it was like I I don't want to destroy everything. Destroy everything. I no. like I do I it. I love the devil on your shoulder thing. I think that it was so like I think if I watched it again, I'd be like so Courtney because it's like we you know to have it, it was to give like I feel like because you didn't have Chadwick and they couldn't show you know I didn't think they wanted they wanted to save Angela Bassett. So they had to show somebody who they knew that would be connective tissue. And I don't think they could show T'Chaka because I don't think people would care. No, they so wouldn't. So I think it made narrative sense, even though I do think it was a little fan service-y. But, I love, that, but yeah. I love that it was like, Sherry was like, you know what? I will go to war. I am going to be evil because I'm upset. And I'm just like, good for you. <laughs> it, no, it, it, it feels real. This is a, this is a movie... In a world, the MCU in general, is a world that is incredibly silly. Mm -hmm. But the, it shines the most when it gives its characters real-life hyper-emotional stakes that are believable because in our own lives, on a much smaller, more realistic scale, we've all felt that way. Mm -hmm. We've had an incredible loss, something terrible has happened, and we lash out. We do something that we would not do. We do things that we are ashamed of and we are upset about and we have to live with for the rest of our lives. To translate that kind of thing into a comic book movie where uh, two fictitious nations have to fight on top of a submarine. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's just neat. And, and when, they saw, when I saw um, Killmonger there, wasn't expecting it, that was the best part. Because that was one of those, like, formulative, like, oh, what are they going to do now at mm -hmm. the beginning of Act 3, like, to throw it off or whatever. I should have seen that coming. Mm. 
I should have, but the movie lulled me enough, even in the Marvel machine, yeah. to have when that reveal happened, be like, so I got the dopamine hit of, oh, fuck, oh, shit. And then when my brain started getting a little cynical, and I was like, okay, that was fucking stupid. And then he starts making sense to what she's going through and, like, making, like, not only was it a, I understood that reference moment for a, a piece of character that you can throw back in and a beloved actor coming back to the franchise, mm -hmm. but it was true to what the narrative was saying. Yeah. And that is the that is the the staple of a great director and a great writer. Mm -hmm. And because you know Marvel's pushing this shit, right? But to have it work, yeah. That like, and that's Ryan Coogler being a good director, and to all and I think also like a lot of directors have like made comic book movies, and I will not feel like they actually like the comics. Oh yeah. But I feel like he enjoys the comic. Like I feel like Ryan Coogler, like he may not you know be going on Wikipedia every day. But he understands the texture of what they are supposed to add to the larger world. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think, like, when you think about T'Challa and, you know, him becoming king after losing his father and, you know, being the Black Panther for a little bit and, like, going to the ancestral plane, it's a thing that he wanted to do. For sure, it's like, I don't even believe in this shit, yeah, really. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, I was like, oh, girl, just give me the water so I can just figure this shit out. Mm -hmm. um, and then she sees someone who she thinks of as an enemy and feels these feelings of doubt so deeply that to have the person that she meet not be like a loved one, but be like a family member who's like, I doubt too. I also doubt this great Wakanda experience. Are you going to set it off? <laughs> yeah. It was a great, yeah. and I think like, I think also like, it's so weird to think about how like, and I explained this to, a, to, a, to my friend that comics for all the bad takes that exist about it and the toxic fandom Mm-hmm. The comics are more progressive than these movies. We have sure. fought a lot of the battles, you know, like I was telling someone that it's it's really hard as like a queer black fan to have to fight these comic book representation battles again. Because right. we already have because we already did that shit and now we have those characters. And now we have to fight for them all over again in this new medium. And it's in a very, new medium. In a new medium when people be like, I can't believe that they just made a, a black female Iron Man. You know, it's like, here we go again. But Shuri, be, like, because of all the things around it, we haven't thought about, like, this is, like, the third female-led MCU film that we've gotten, because mm -hmm. it's be, like, because Shuri is our, our lead. And she gets to be angry and wrong and violent and strong and emotional and be all of these complicated things that we want from female characters and it was just there naturally and just pitch perfect because when you write women as characters wow look at look at the material look at what look at what can happen i i i literally have nothing to add to that that's that said that said perfectly and uh, something you said in the original when we first went into this it's it also has to do with uh obviously great performances like that but kugler getting out of the way of the material that he's creating. Mm -hmm. He's not making a strong female-led film. He's making a badass fucking movie. Yeah. And the diversity and everything is there, but that's not like... It, it, it's never in its own way. The messaging is never confusing. It's like, this it's is just... It's not just, just marketing. It's not yeah. just marketing. Which we're so used to just marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, and your comment about comics is super true, too. Like... Comics, for as weird as they fucking are, you're right, battles have already been fought there. 
because comics, I feel like, in a lot of ways, are kind of the front line of narrative media and have been for a very long time. Oh, They're for quicker sure. to produce. They're also more visually stimulating than, say, like obviously a novel, which again, novels are amazing as well. But it's you can get through stuff quicker and like, and you can try. It's it's a real, as we say, sort of on the extra credit side of things, like fail faster mentality. Like yeah. you can just bang out comics. Not saying it's easy, but like. They do just bang out comics, like mm-hmm. and the stories we can try things and oh fuck that didn't work that didn't work that didn't work, huh? Riri Williams, let's try it with this writer, yeah, and let's go with like this th- like you can and, take and, risks. Yes, that's it. And with the MCU being so fucking risk averse mm-hmm. to the point where side note, this will be my last tangent and then we can wrap it up. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, I, I said it here first and I am a liar. Um, <laughs> she Hulk. I loved She-Hulk. Me too. I even loved the the end where she breaks through the fucking screen and like goes and meets Kevin and like all that shit. I loved it. Loved it. No notes. Great. You know what I didn't fucking love? That afterward, after they called out Marvel for doing all of the Marvel shit, mm-hmm. that then we get fucking Mark Ruffalo and his CGI kid walking up to a fucking family picnic and showing Scar. And in that moment, I don't even hate... Princess, I don't even hate that that happened. What I fucking hate is that we did not get one little look from Jen Walters into the camera being like, are we seriously? I thought we, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, yeah. just do, just, like, it can't get out of its own fucking way. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. And I think that to me is part of the, like, as, as, as behind the ball DC is, because they have been behind the ball, they have gotten to experiment with so many different things mm-hmm. so that we have, a DC issue that really runs the gamut in terms of like what you want. Like you want some R-rated content that's actually R-rated as well. You know, like something that Marvel will never give us. Yeah. Um, and well, like, and I think it's just it's so hard as a fan to have to explain to people like, yes, I get that it's been established that Wanda is very sad. And, but I, uh, but it's also very frustrating to see her go crazy because of a book, because we've already had this conversation about this storyline. We said it was bad in 2008. We don't need it to be revamped here. Still bad. Yeah. Yep. Thousand percent. Thousand fucking percent. Uh, it's funny. We did it when we did our... Um... Multiverse of Madness. We had um, uh, that bronze girl who, who was on our, yeah. who was on uh, the other panel when we were in uh, Pax West, uh, yeah. Jasmine, and and she said like literally the exact same thing. Like, and we've all just like, yep, this is, this is it. This is the fucking thing. I don't know. Um, anyway, we could ramble for oh, yeah, literally sorry. ever. <laughs> uh, la- last thoughts just on my end. Um, I really do wish uh, Daniel Kaluuya could have made it, but apparently he couldn't because of Nope, which I'll take that. I, nope, I loved. And, Love it. Uh, have it in 4K. Can't wait yeah, to watch it again. There we go. There we go. Would 4K again. Yes. Uh, Nakia. We haven't mentioned Nakia yet. Um, or, uh, am I present? Is it Ni- Nakia uh, or Nakia? Uh, uh, Nak- I think it's Nakia. Nakia. Um, uh, what I really liked about her in this one which I feel like I feel like she was one of the characters that was shortchanged the most in mm-hmm. the first Black Panther. Mm-hmm. This one, like her whole background and purpose and everything, like comes into play and is like hyper helpful and vigilant and does shit and is not just like plot device. Yeah. Like she do- she does she gets fucking shit done. Yeah. And that's great. Um, what's it called? Umbaku is just fun as fuck. <laughs> um, just every time, just chewing fucking scenery in the best goddamn way. But again, in character. Mm-hmm. This is what this dude would do. 
And I just love that so much. Um, Him coming in with the carrot was great and calling Okoye a ball-headed demon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we do have to talk about, you know, the scene with the UN is a great scene. But the mm-hmm. scene where Queen Ramunda removes Okoye from being the leader of the Dora Milaje, I was like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> that was that was brutal. Um, I here's here's what's funny. At when when it first happens, I'm like, this is stupid. Like what? Like, and I think that's the reaction we're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And then when she fucking goes off and explains exactly why, like, oh, like, did you forget <laughs> yeah. that, like, you fucking were a traitor at one point? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, and, this, that, and the other thing. And now my daughter's gone. And yeah. then you're like, no matter how much we love Okoye, we're kind of like, I, oh, all right. Mom is, <laughs> mom is right. You yeah. did fuck up on repeat. Um, and Okoye, I think, you know, Denai Guerrera, like, um, and I think her and Lupita weren't as present because, you know, they're actors that want to do other things, and I, sure. much respect to them because they, but also, Lupita Nyong'o looked absolutely gorgeous in this entire movie. Oh, like, yeah. when we first see her, I'm like, wow, even more stunning. Um, <laughs> but Okoye, her fight scene with one of the uh, Tolokans was one of my favorite scenes because, like, mm-hmm. Okoye is, like, Worf, you know? That's the character, yeah. that's the badass, and it's like, when that guy did it through the thing at her and she like broke her arm. It was like, Oh fuck. They really strong. <laughs> yeah. Like, Cause you were like, Oh no, if a can't do it, then who can? Because yeah. she's like, b- besides the black Panther, like that was like the strongest person. And mm-hmm. so it was just kind of like, Oh no, this is going to be really bad for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually I have, I have a question. Cause I actually, there's one part of this film, a very tiny part that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And that was at the end of that fight scene when she fucking slays three of them. And then they get up. Remember, like, I yes. didn't know, like, why they what could survive meant. being stabbed through the f- heart or whatever. And I was like, maybe their organs are different or, like, I don't know. But they never, like, and then later on, whenever they were hit with a spear or something, like, they'd be down. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I just didn't, I didn't know. That is also, that is a very good question. Um, let me quickly They were the mini it. bosses, right? Like, the- both of the people she was fighting, two out of three or whatever, were, like, mini bosses. Um, they were mini bosses. I think that essentially I don't think the weapons were strong enough or maybe it, it might be a heart thing. Maybe. I don't know. Cause she definitely runs one of them through. Yeah. Penetration was made, but at the same time, Shuri, by the end oh. of this movie, oh, I, just had a thought. I had a thought you remember how the whole thing about like, oh, they live underwater, so their bodies are just different because they have to sustain the sure. pressure. I think it has to do with that. That they are used to that they are used to living under like very intense pressure of the ocean. So their bodies might just be a little bit denser that like All right. it may penetrate, but it might be a little bit more like, you know, like malleable. It moved rather than yeah. broke. Yeah. I'll I had to go it. I had to go into my David Attenborough, the deep knowledge and be like, Yeah, well fish can that's kind of like how a lot of like jellyfish stuff will work. Like they can like move shit around <laughs> uh, all right i'll take it i you science the shit out of that and i appreciate <laughs> it uh princess final thoughts on black panther wakanda forever um great movie uh to quote to quote harry styles it felt like a movie and i think that... <laughs> and and i think that's the most important <laughs> i bro- you just I broke, broke me. <laughs> i just watched your don't worry darling uh uh thing Oh, did you like it? Yeah, it was very, very good. Uh, the the um, and also you again. This is so funny how the circles sort of work. Uh, the reason again, I thought of that because 
the quote you just did. And I didn't know that you knew Izzy. Uh, Be kind, rewind. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she's been on the show like three or four times. Oh, uh, she's the yeah. best. She's she's awesome. Uh, so I was glad to see that sort of like little crossover event in, in that video too. I was like, holy fuck! All right, nice. Um, yeah. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> this sure felt like a movie. Like a real movie that you go into theaters to see. Um, and I. <laughs> Listen, that's One Direction, baby. But I gotta say, like, I, t- as someone who like loves comic book movies for what they are, and to me, mm-hmm. a comic book movie has to do three things: be entertaining, be fun, and give enough spectacle that you are absorbed in it, mm-hmm. while being self-aware enough to not be too caught up in like, look how great we are. It's like, all right, come on, right? And and I feel like Wakanda Forever was the perfect amalgamation of all those things and it just made me realize that what i really want honestly is just to see a lot of the creative stuff that already exists in the comics finally be brought into the fold without having to do like two three movies of build up i'm really tired of like this whole thing like we're building up to i'm like but you're building very slowly yeah (laughs) and i and i and i don't think and like for this movie to be two hours and 46 minutes and not feel that is a very rare thing. Yes. Because I've been watching a lot of 90 minute Hitchcock movies and it's so good to be in and out. Mm-hmm. And so less is not less is might be more going forward. And I really hope that Wakanda Forever as being like the high point of phase 4 will te- will teach people to slow down because what what makes this movie work is that it is slower. It yeah. is taking time to feel the emotions, to open up and have two long funeral sequences, you know, to end the film with like a quiet reflection on grief is just, that is where we need to be. Cause, yeah. cause we've already seen the CGI monsters and half the time they suck. You know, the fact that Namor, <laughs> the fact that Namor didn't die at the end, I was like, oh, he's coming back. We're going to have, we have reoccurring villains now. I was, I was like, finally. So yeah. Let's see. I'll, I'm giving them a chance, but I hope that Feige is realizing that, like, we need to slow it down. Like, we don't need everyone to have a spinoff. We don't need 75 million Disney Plus shows because ain't nobody watching them shits. Yep. Um, and, you know, just take it easy. Give us a Fair. break. We don't need we don't need a phase seven. Let's end at six. <laughs> It'd be so nice if we ended at phase six. I do not think that will happen. Oh, I, I doubt. I have such um, doubts. <laughs> such doubts. Much doubts. <laughs> <laughs> many, many oopses. Uh, everybody, this has been the only podcast about the film Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Princess, thank you so much for coming on and co-hosting this with me. This was uh, an absolute blast, the most fun I've had on here in a very long time. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for having me. I always love chatting with you. We always, I'm sorry about all the tangents. We just no. we, we just riff so naturally that it just ends up being like that. <laughs> yeah, we finish each other's sandwiches. Uh, when you are not riffing with me on this podcast, where can folks find you? Well, um, I do a podcast not about television and movies because that's illegal, but I do. <laughs> yes, yes, we're coming for all of them across the multiverse. <laughs> he's he's the Terminator, guys. They, <laughs> they built one just for podcasting. Um, I do talk about Netflix stuff on Netflix Geeked. And I also, more importantly, my, my, my baby is that I do YouTube videos on YouTube.com slash Princess Weeks where I talk about everything and i'm also going to be having a video coming up this month talking about falcon and the winter soldier nice at last yeah there we go <laughs> you know the, the thing that people really want a sequel to <laughs> well so here's the, here's the thing here again fine we're gonna keep going for a All second right, let's, let's do it the the thing about it 
so I I enjoyed the series overall. It has a lot of problems in my mind, but like mm-hmm. I still liked aspect. It, it, it's one of the. It fits in a weird space, but like mm-hmm. I I will overall say yes, yeah, hooray! I had a okay. I had a good time doing yes. it. You know what's so interesting? Every fucking ad I get for Disney Plus to this day is that one. It's like the shield feels weird picking it up, <laughs> and it's like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier advertisement for Disney Plus, mm. a show that came out. A year and a half ago? God, isn't even that soon. I don't even know. It feels know. like three years. Maybe. Who the fuck knows? But, like, they're definitely not forgetting about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to your video on that. Thank you. Um, it came out in 2001. Oh, God. It was just no, last it, year. Uh, 2021. 2021. <laughs> 2001. Oh, sorry. I, like, I, lost the, I lost the word. Listen, um, time has no meaning anymore. Truly. But yeah, I just, I love making content. I love watching your stuff. I love your extra credit videos about literature because they are really fun and good. And as a lit oh, major, I am like, I like this. This makes me happy. Thank you very much. I very much appreciate that. Uh, I think the next one coming out is Othello. Ooh! Which is real fun. Uh, so, it's a good discussion. It's like, it's like, it's like turn my chair around. So... You murdered your wife because your friend told you that she was in love with another guy. <laughs> you are definitely in a early 2000s high school gymnasium on one of those plastic chairs. Um, well, uh, also, you can find me, uh, when I'm not watching Princess's stuff, you can find me over at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and P-S-N. Or... Emperor MSK on Twitter. I do sometimes talk there. Um, next week, Shahir should be back. We're either doing, Princess, next mm-hmm. week, we're either doing uh, the Spielberg movie, Fl- Flickermans. Oh, the Feld- Felderman? Feldermans? Felderman's Flicker Flam. Everyone's going to email us in oldmoviepodcast at gmail.com to make sure that I um, am thoroughly roasted for not remembering the name of Spielberg's movie. Or, if there's no time to get to the theater, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, because... A great movie. Because Kevin Conroy uh, recently passed away, uh, who will always be uh, always be my Batman, uh, sung to the tune of Mariah Carey. Um, uh, yeah, so that's going to be one of those two. I have no idea. So, everybody, tune in next week and find out what tonally different film we're going to watch. <laughs> Which film will they review next? It could be anything of those <laughs> two, specifically. And, yeah, that's the end of it. Uh, everybody... Adieu. 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 Good day. Ta ta. <laughs> so long. Farewell. Alvita Zane? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Nailed it. Crushed it.